is back and it's 2024 a new a new year of hope and joy and then we're going to remember that we call it aka kick in the nuts for a reason because let me tell you something new guy PGA DFS especially at week long not easy but if you want to learn how to play the game and you want to have a little bit of a process and not rely on dipshits picks and plays out there we might be able to do something this year but more than anything we're going to have fun with it and remember that PGA DFS is about being sustainable about being fun and if you do it long enough and you do it well enough for a long enough time I promise you you can hit a big one that's what I'm all about I will save you a little bit of time new guy if you're here waiting on my picks and plays just go watch the other shows okay I don't even know what's on out there but I'm sure there's some other shit to watch go watch that because you're not going to get any here I will tell you one guy I'm playing later on but that doesn't mean it's one guy you should play okay just warn you see the little f counter above my head new year's resolution i am trying to get cussing under control so no more one dollar fuck counter it is now three dollars every time i cuss i'm working on being a better man okay 2024 i'm gonna quit being such a fat ass i'm gonna quit saying the f-bomb so much so the goal is make sure you're hitting that like over there for every 100 likes we get. I will build a lineup with you tomorrow. I will draw you from the chat. Make sure you ask a question with a question mark and we will draw you at the end. If you ask more than two questions, your ass is disqualified. I will get the editor to boot you. He gets off on that shit. Okay. He's a weird dude. Don't make him be that guy. What's up, new guy? My name's James, better known as The Degenerate 75. I don't always do that long of intros, but I got a lot to do, and I'm really, really excited for PGA being back. I have been doing PGA DFS for a long time, and I'm not going to tell you that I was always the best at it, but I have gotten pretty good at it over the years by a lot, by a lot of trial and error, and I'm going to try to help you not get kicked in the nuts so hard by playing this game. Once again, I'm going to do it with the process, so I hope that sounds interesting to you. If you do, I, hang, I encourage you to hang around, watch the show. I also do a little show called Showdown Hoedown, which if you don't know about PGA Showdown, I'll tell you on that later. Just so you know, me and my dude Tambo, you see it right here over my shoulder, right? We are going to start doing a preview show every Monday, roughly around noon. You know, you never want to rely on DraftKings to put anything out on time. The only thing they put out on time is a new shitty Tears product. Congratulations on that, DraftKings. Oh, you're like, you're, what is it, Brokeback Mountain? Why can't I quit you? Right? That's how I feel every time DraftKings does something. So be looking out for that. Me and Tambo did it Tuesday for NFL. Now we're going to do it Monday for PGA. Let's get going. Also, do not forget, if all of this, you're like, hey, man, I found your shit there in NFL, and I kind of like the cut of your jib. Well, I'll tell you what, new guy. I like the cut of your jib. And you know nothing about PGA. I'm talking literally you don't even know what, like, a double bogey is, right? You don't know what a birdie streak is. You don't know any of these things. I get it. And I want to take the intimidation out of PGA DFS. And if you are a complete noob and you want to learn a new sport, I literally made a video right here that I, I put on my paywall. But I was like, why don't we just get share this with everybody, right? So everybody has access to it. The editor is going to share it in the link in this description and in the chat so if you want to learn the basics i'm talking everything the basics like what the hell does off the team mean right i want to make this game more approachable to people and get more people into it so don't be intimidated because you don't know it it is a sport that can be learned i didn't even know who jordan spieth was nine years ago and i believe he had just won like three majors okay if i can learn this shit you can learn this shit and i promise you pga is a different sweat than all these other sports you have to hear me on this one bob you have to hear me let me get this close over here close out of here all right let's get going don't forget pat mayo well i can, who i can confirm not a poor pat is not a poor is giving away he's doing a huge one and done with eighty thousand dollar prize pool up top eight hundred thousand total prize pool just insane one and done and uh it's it's it has a flat payout structure so if you if you know me i'm all about contest selection there's none better than pat pat being the the true goat that he is and not a poor is giving away a full two hundred dollar entry this isn't something me and you are going to split i'll do one of those next week right but this is literally all yours. This is for everybody that liked and retweeted over on Twitter. I will be spinning that wheel at the end, but if I do it now, you'll leave, new guy. Don't be a slap dick. All right. One simple question for all my new guys, and it's 2024, so I know I got some new guys. Here it is, new guy. Have you made your lineups yet? You have. I know you have. You watched a couple shows today. You started feeling saucy. You had some hot takes, and you started making your lineups. New guy, we don't make lineups until after this stream. You can dick around with it. You can get the juices flowing. But if you commit to those lineups, well, then you're going to be like, buh, 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 my lineup's too chalky. Well, you shouldn't have committed to it on a Tuesday afternoon, dude. All right. 
the first thing we're going to talk about is contest selection. I want to warn you guys, uh, it looks like it's almost full, but FanDuel actually has a decent contest out. You know me, when it comes, like, nobody's quit harder on PGA DFS than FanDuel. But their main contest this week, it's really not that bad, dude. It's really not that bad. $50,000 prize pool, it's only $9 to enter, and it's only 20% up top, right? Which isn't perfect, but for FanDuel, that's about as good as you ever get. So I've always found FanDuel to probably be a little bit softer, not as many sharps over there as there is in the DraftKings streets. So if you want, if you have some money in your FanDuel account, you want to play some fantasy golf this week, this could be a way to do it because normally I just shit on FanDuel, but honestly, this isn't a bad structure. It looks like there's less than 500 spots left in that tournament I'm talking about, so I get over there and check it out. But like you, I know most of you will be playing. Most of you will be playing uh, DraftKings with me, right? And let's, let's be honest. I've already shit on DraftKings, and I take none of it back, you motherfathers. I don't ever want you to sponsor me, you flaky dickheads. But here's what I can tell you. They make good contests this week, okay? And I know the head of the DFS is watching this. I don't give a shit. Uh, all right. They did good contests. All right, the main one sucks, new guy. You want to know why this sucks? You're like, what are you talking about? It sucks. 200000 up top is great. Yeah, it really is. But you want to know a little secret? You're not going to win it, so quit dreaming about it. This is why you're always a deposit king is because you enter stupid contests like this. Here's just the good general rule. You always want first place to D. 10% of the prize pool. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, $600,000 prize pool, $200,000 a first, that's one third. That's not a tenth. That is horrific. We want second place to be half of what first place is. So if first place is $200,000, we want second place to be paying out at least $100,000. So if we finish second, it's not such an ultimate kick in the dick. And it's only $50,000. That's one fourth. That is horrific. And this is what you got to do when you give too much money to first place. The last rule we want to follow is we want tenth place to be one tenth of what first is. And 2000 is only one one hundredth. If you get 10th place in this tournament, where you, you manage to beat 35,000 people and you get 10th place, you're going to feel like you lost. You're going to feel like you lost because you literally were nine spots away from 200000 You got $2,000. Quit playing in these tournaments. Every time you get in a tournament like this, you are casting a vote for DraftKings to continue to do this nonsense. Do not allow it. Do not be about it. Do not be for it. Don't play in these contests. On the flip side of that, the other big lottery that they tend to make shitty is actually really good this week. The Drive the Green, what I bet a lot of you watching this, it's a much more affordable to play in, right? Five bucks, and you can put up to 150 lineups. So you can max it for 750, or if you want to, you know, toss 20 lineups in it. Typically, I tell people you only want to enter contests that you can max enter. But if you want to play 20 in this, this is such a better structure. Just look at this. $150,000 prize pool, first place, 25000 That's only one-sixth or 17%, right? We want it to be 10%, but 17 is not bad. Second place, 40% of first. We want it to be half, but that's not that bad. And then 10th place is, yikes, only 180th. So that tailed off pretty quick. So then what are these good contests I'm talking about? Like, these don't exist, man. Whatever you're talking about, they don't exist. Well, let me tell you about my baby. DraftKings knows me. They know me well. And they got tired of me always bitching about their contest. So they literally took my advice. They, they emailed me. They said, well, what was this contest you'd want so you'll shut up and quit bitching? I said, first of all, you watch your mouth, DraftKings. And second of all, I want a $10 uh, uh, 18 max. So actually, I said 20 max. They made an 18 because there's 18 holes. So cute, right? And look at this. $30,000 prize pool. All right. It, first of all, it's very easy to max enter. Only 18 lineups you've max entered, so you're not giving up leverage to other players. $30,000 prize pool. First place is, look at that, one-tenth. Mm, wonder where they got that number from. Second place, half of first. I wonder where they got that idea from. And if you scroll down to 10th, what is 10th place? Exactly one-tenth of first. These are the kind of solid payout structures that if you have a good process and you're consistently getting good hits, these are the ways that you can be sustainable at PGA DFS. Constantly chasing these big hits, yeah, you might get one one day. You might find a shamrock shoved way up your ass one day. But here's the problem. You'll have already, your wife will have already seen the credit card and seen all the deposit king you've been for the past four years waiting on that hit, and she will have already taken DraftKings away from you. This is why I preach sustainability, and this is why I never promise you that you're going to win or this shit's easy, because let me tell you, PGA DFS, it is the most fun sport, but it is tough as shit. But of course, the one contest you should definitely get in is mine. It is back this week. $5, three max, flat payout structure, reduced rate. Help me get it filled. The editor's going to drop it right over here in the chat, and you guys can fill it up, all right? By the way, RDC, over 300 people in here, 154 likes. That means about 150 of you are being dickheads. Second of all, 300 people, the number one stream of PGA DFS. Let's go, guy in the backseat. Even guy in the
in the back is celebrating right now. Already the number one stream. We're exactly nine minutes into the stream. Even more than like some famous people, you know, that like I even have like a more popular stream than famous people who like do like prop bets over stuff they don't know shit about to try to turn over like every dollar. Anyways, I digress. Thank you guys for being here. I'm excited. If you can't tell, I was going to drink ranch water, but if I have this much energy, imagine how belligerent I'd be with some ranch water. All right. Oh, a shout out to my football winners from last week. SmackD72, first and third, KPED, and then a couple flags flying. So there's those. You guys will get a shout out if you win my contest. So go get in it. Hop in it now. I appreciate you. New guy, chance at redemption. Here is your second question. Here we go. What's the first thing we always check at PGA DFS? Nope, that's not it. It is not what stacks we're doing. That's NFL, new guy. Be better. Here we go. We check the weather because the weather is literally the single most important thing at golf. So many people are like, oh, but this guy's hitting his irons well. Okay, that's great. That is a thing that we should consider, but it's literally not as important as the weather. And like some people are like, no, I know weather's important. That DJ guy's always talking shit. Like no one checks the weather. Bro, you're checking wind fighters. Shut the fuck up. All right, you know, if you're checking, I pay $18 a year. I am not made of money. I had to remortgage my house so that I can provide you this. Matter of fact, I even hired an, a full-time guy who does weather for me now. Literally, what do you do? He does weather. That's what he does, right? Uh, just to make it that much more hardcore because that is the biggest edge out there. And you want to know something? There's weather to be had this week. You can see we are using, there's no H projections out in Hawaii, right? I guess they treat it like another country. Last time I checked, that's America. And so we're going to be using uh, Eric Cole Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or every country makes weather forecasts, whatever acronym you like to go with. And you can see uh, Thursday and Friday look eerily similar, right? This is the great thing about this part of the world is you have very consistent weather. But here's what I can tell you. The, the, the earlier these guys are out there, the better. The earlier, the better, because numerous reasons. We know this for, for many reasons. Number one, the humidity is going to be higher in the morning. When the humidity is higher, it's going to keep the green softer. Number two, the greens aren't going to be as chewed up from people walking on them. Number three, as the wind starts to blow throughout the day, it does tend to dry out those greens. And all of these things lead to better scoring for guys who are going to be out there earlier. Problem is, this is a no-cut event, so we don't have our typical PMAM guys, right? What is fun, new guy, is whenever we get to full-filled events like we'll have next week for the Sony, is we have we have guys who play AM, PM, meaning AM on Thursday, PM on uh, Friday, and then vice versa, right? And so then we can really attack wave edges. But for this week, I would say this. Thursday and Friday look almost exactly the same with the winds picking up in the afternoon, which is to be expected in tropical climates. And it is going to dry out a little bit as the humidity goes down. The sun will be out baking out these greens. And so the peak scoring conditions will certainly be in the morning. Problem is, everybody's basically going to kind of play within a two and a half hour or about a four hour period, right? Once you get over here and you look at the tee times, you would think that they would be going off in threes off one and ten. But weirdly enough, almost caught me off guard. Everybody is going off of T1, right? They're the first tee, new guy. And you see, when they all go off the first tee, the first group, Morikawa, Xander, and Tom Kim, go out at 1245 tomorrow. That's Eastern time. No, I assume that's like 645 or 745 out in Hawaii. And the last group's not till 4.30, Spieth, Scheffler, and Hovland, right? So for tomorrow, I would, you know, I would probably say the guys in the morning are going to have slightly better conditions, right? They're just, that doesn't mean they're going to magically score better because they're in better conditions. It just means that if they have their A game in the morning, they're going to have nutted conditions to go out there and score. Problem is, when you flip the inverse of that and you look at day two, because remember, they're going to they're gonna flip it, so we got to look at both days. A guy like Colomore, Calzander, and, and Tom go off quite a bit later for round two than they do for round one, whereas Spieth, Scheffler, and Hovland basically go off at the exact same time. Or not the exact same time. We'll go off at the exact same time as Mora, Calzander, and Tom Kim. So if you were trying to squeeze every little ounce of potential weather advantage after this, I would say you should take up the times, you should add them, and you whatever n number is the lowest – you should do that, right? So, like, who is going to be out there in the cumulative earliest conditions? I would say it's going to be Morikawa, Xander Schauffele, Tom Kim, Brian Harmon, Eric Cole, Camilo Villegas. But I will tell you, the conditions, it's Hawaii. They're never going to be that bad. But these are the little things you can do to try to squeeze an edge. Or more than anything, say you're down to the last, uh, the last um, whatever, the last spot, and you're like, well, what punt do I want to play? Do I want to play Camilo Villegas or do I want to play um, whoever? Uh Taylor Moore, right? Maybe the answer is Camilo Villegas because he is likely to be out there in better conditions by the slightest margin, right? There you go. I don't, I will tell you, I don't think there's a huge edge to chase at these things whenever we have everybody going off in a four-hour window, but I will tell you, a four-hour window is more than a two-hour window. I believe a great mathematician once said it's at least twice as much. All right, let's get going. 
If you don't know, we are tracking pivots. The art to PGA DFS to me is understanding what ownership is. Ownership is, well, in golf, it tends to pool, right? A lot of people are like, I don't know who to play, but that man on the television told me to play this guy, so I'm going to play this guy. I get it. I get it. So what happens is you start to get these guys who will literally be two to three times higher owned than the guy right next to them. And you're thinking, well, I play at NFL, and that shit happens all the time, Jim. And you're right. But the difference between NFL and PGA is there's no such thing as usage, right? And sometimes in NFL, well, this guy, the, the starting running back's out, so now he's going to get all the goal line carries, the third down work. He's going to get all of that. At PGA, there is no such thing as usage. Everybody plays 18 holes around. Everybody plays 72 holes at this tournament. So there's no such thing as usage. They're all going to play the exact same. There's no goal line carries to consider here. So whenever you start to see golfers that are legitimately two, three, four times higher owned than the guy directly next to him, I don't care how good they're playing. There's not a chance on God's green earth that one professional golfer is four times more likely to outproduce a level talented golfer uh, four times more likely to outproduce a guy that's the same talent, right? It's just ridiculous. So we are tracking pivots. And as you can see, basically, if you just took the pivots, it is a 50-50 proposition. So not all the time it hits, but about half the time it does. But if you're getting three or four times the leverage, that makes it worth it in the long run. But to me, the key is determining when to pivot and when not to pivot. If you absolutely love some donkey chalk this week, well, then it's simple. You play him and you don't worry about it. But if you're kind of hesitant on a guy and you're seeing he's 25% owned, then don't play that donkey dick. Go play the guy that's 3% right next to him, right? Play the game. That's what makes PG DFS so much different. That's why you don't see a ton of shows doing picks and plays, and all the ones that do give you their picks and plays are clowns, so you don't need to even worry about them, right? Okay, let's get over to the top eight most owned. If you don't know the big guy, I do weather re hard, I do contest selection re hard, and I do ownership really hard. I spend a lot of time on this stuff, right? I'm like, oh, but once if he, what happens if oh, the, the, this guy talked about him on the podcast? I got to bump him up. I, there's a lot of things that go into my ownership, right? A lot of things, and these are the eight highest owned guys and one honorable mention. You'll learn, new guy, that when I have a new, when I have an honorable mention on there, should probably be a good sign of what's happening here, okay? First up, I feel pretty confident that the highest owned guy this week is going to be Colin Morikawa. Why is Colin Morikawa going to be the highest owned player? Okay, well, we call it the holy trinity of donkiness. Are you ready? Number one, he has impeccable course history. People love a good course history guy. Number two, Colin Morikawa is in really good form. We didn't see him a ton during the swing season, but when he was playing, he was in good form. And number three, the most important, why, the, why am I doing it like a German? Anyways, number three of why it's Colin Morikawa is going to be so popular is he is, uh, now I just completely lost my train of thought. He is under, oh no, I found it. He is underpriced. People love a value, right? And Colin Morikawa should be every bit of 9,800 in this field, yet he's only 9,100 over on DraftKings. Thus, you put those three things together, you get the holy trinity of donkeys. I have him coming in at nearly 35% in a 59-person field. That is insanely high. Hell, these are all the highest owned guys in the tournament, and he's still head and shoulders above all them. So Colin Morikawa... Actually, I was going to say, you know I love you, but I don't love Colin Morikawa. The day that I play a chalky Colin Morikawa, you may kick me directly in the nutsack, free of charge, okay? Colin Morikawa at 9,100. You're leaving me no option, guy. Colin Morikawa, that man, he's a... Uh the man's donkey chalk, and we don't play donkey chalk. We don't play it. Guy in the back, do we play donkey chalk? That's right, not Morikawa. Very good. Guy in the back hasn't been up for three months. He's jacked for the show today, so forgive him. Sit down now. Sit down. Come on. He gets excited about fading Morikawa, just like me. Number two, Ludwig Eberg, or as I'm going to call Iceberg, because if you fade him, he's going to sink all your lineups just like the Titanic. So, old Iceberg. Once again, the holy trinity of donkiness, right? He's underpriced. The guy should be every bit of 9,500. He's in incredible form. If you watch golf this swing season, you need to, if you didn't watch it, get caught up. This guy is a god. Right? He's so good at golf. He'll be a top five golfer by the end of this year. I'll bet my nutsack on it, okay? And uh, 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 no, he doesn't have course history. So truly not a holy trinity, but those other two are so strong, we're just going to call it the holy trinity, okay? But he's coming in at 30%. 30% in a field where there's literally guys right above him that are 8%, a guy right below him that's 5%, and you're going to go play him at 30. I get it. I get it. I get it. You can't fade all the chalk, but man, 30% is really high. I hate to say this, Iceberg. I got to do it, though, bro. That man... The man is donkey chalk, and we don't play donkey chalk. That's bad, but except when we do, except when we do. Very good guy in the back. We don't play donkey chalk unless it's an iceberg that's going to destroy our lineups. Then we at least consider it, right? We at least consider it. That man terrifies me. I think he's, I think he's, I think he's another kind of talent. I'm going to be early to the iceberg party, okay? Moving on, Scotty Scheffler, all right? Scotty Scheffler and Victor Hovland, I think we can lump them together. Uh, uh, Scotty and Victor are both in that 20 range, and a lot of people say, oh, man, Scotty Scheffler, 28%, that's pretty high. Victor Hobbs, 22%, pretty high. 
first of all, you got to remember one rule number one. People spend their money. They spend their salary. And so naturally, the two, with Rory being out, these are now the two highest priced guys. And so they are naturally going to get ownership because people just build their lineups playing the best players. So Scotty and Hovland are getting ownership just simply based on where they're priced because they're going to be the first guy in a lot of people's lineups. But more than that, you got to remember that these guys are appropriately, their salaries are appropriate, or not their salaries, their ownership is appropriate for the people around them. Chalk is not just some random number. A guy can be 10% and not be chalk, and another guy can be 8% and can be donkey chalk. It's not about your ownership number. It's about your ownership relative to the people around you. And when you look at Scheffler, you look at Hovland, and you look at some of those top-end guys, really their ownership is not that out of line for what you would expect. So I am not going to call these guys donkey chalk. Guys like Scheffler and Hovland, their ownership is a little high, so we got a category for them. It's called, eh, I don't love it. I don't love it, but it is a little chalky. If you love Scheffler, you love Hovland, I think you play them, and you play them without hesitation because that ownership is not anything that should get you off of them. But what I'll tell you and what I always preach is just new guy. Try the 2X rule. If you're going to play Scotty Scheffler in your lineups and he's 27%, try to get 2X leverage on him. So 2X, 27.5 would be 55%. So if you're playing 20 lineups this week, get him at 11%. So if Scotty Scheffler does well, yes, you're sharing those points with a large portion of the field, but you are still more leveraged on him than the rest of the field. That is the 2X rule, okay? And you can apply that to anybody, and I think it's a great way to practice getting leverage on guys. I, I get it. Scotty Scheffler is definitely the most likely guy to win this tournament and you're going to want to have the winner so if you don't want to fade the guy who's definitely the most likely person to win this tournament i get it bob i get it i get it right scotty scheffler he's a bad, bad man other than the fact he went to texas oh oh no i have the ropes editor editor that was supposed to be boomer sooner it still says sooner on my thing i forgot we switched it to the Florida State, whatever. Editor, you're fired. I'm kidding. I can't live without you. All right, uh, Xander Schauffele coming up next. I think Xander and Homa right here. Um, you know what? Matter of fact, I think I would lump Xander in with those other guys right there. I give him eh, eh, chalk, right? So you got you to gotta remember, Florida State, they got me off. I thought we were going boomer sooner because fuck Texas. All right. Now, we start to get to Max Oma. Max Oma's at 9,700, and I think he's actually going to be one of those guys we see at probably under 20%. I think a lot of people are going to, I, th I think he's just going to get forgotten about being just below Cantley and Xander. So if he comes in at 20%, this is one of those few times I actually give him the okay, okay chalk, right? You're like, wait, he's 20%. That's so chalky, but he's not. He's actually lower than everybody else around him. I think if you want to play Max Oma, you should be very excited that you're getting him for around 20%. Matter of fact, while we're on it, I think we can go ahead and go ahead and drop okay. Cantley in that group too. If they are going to come in, uh, two or three, four points lower than those guys above them, and they're not too out of line with the peers around them, I think that is the definition of okay chalk. I don't even really call that chalk, but this industry doesn't understand the fucking term, so we got to kind of go with what they do, right? So thank you, Brian. I see you, Boomer, over there. Uh, got a couple of FSU guys in the house. All right, let's get to Cam Davis. Guys, if you don't know, I, uh, part of my process, and once again, it can't be your process. This is my process. You do you, boo. I will tell you, heading into this week, there was nobody I loved more than Cam Davis. I'm a Cam Davis slut. First of all, you need to know that. I am seeking therapy about it. And Cam Davis is awesome. And Cam Davis is in good form. And this course is a great uh, course fit for Cam Davis. He checks every box I want. Problem is, he's underpriced. And what have I already told you about the guys that we talked about earlier? When you're underpriced, that is automatically going to make your ownership go through the roof. Because people at PGA DFS, they love a value. I love a value. I feel so good when Cam Davis is the fifth or sixth guy in my lineup. He feels so safe. Okay, whatever, dude. So because of that, Cam Davis, I mean, you got to see this coming. When a guy's in the 7Ks and they're over 15%, I just kind of have a hard and fast rule called no thanks. And it breaks my soul to call him this because I love this man. And I still might play him. I just don't know that I can. Cam Davis, I'm sorry, brother, but you are. The man's donkey chalk, and we don't play donkey chalk. We don't do it. We don't do it, especially in the 7Ks. Especially in the 7Ks. Moving on, honorable mention, Luke List. Made the list. Let's see. Luke List, 6,200, one of the cheapest people in this entire tournament. Coming in at a smooth 14%. The only guy I have in double digits in the 6Ks. There's a lot of really nice punt options this week that you can get at low ownership who are legitimate golfers. But the one guy who is definitely garnering the most... Uh, ownership down there is Luke List. I think part of it's probably Pat. When I was on Pat's show yesterday, Pat was talking up some Luke-Demon Listeman, and I get it. Luke List checks a lot of boxes for me, too. He's played well here. He's played well coming in. He's a bomber off the tee. There's par fives that are very gettable for Luke List, and he actually hasn't sucked at putting three of the last four tournaments. That's a lot of things to like about Luke List. But there's also this other thing you got to consider. You want to play Luke List at five or six times the ownership of other guys down in the 6Ks. Luke List. We're talking about Luke List. That's what you want to do with your money. 
You do you, boo. But in the meantime, Luke List is the definition of the most disgusting kind of. The man's donkey jock, and we don't play donkey don't do jock. We don't do it, except when we do, except when it's Luke List. Then we don't. There you go. That is the ownership breakdown. But as always, as you know, if people are seeing this, they're going to make plays. And so I have a thing called some guys are going to get steamed up tonight, which is going to be... And some guy's ownership is going to moonwalk tonight as people adjust to the ownership numbers. And that's going to be <laughs> rest in peace, Mike. All right. So some guys that I think are going to get steamed up. First of all, I think Patrick Cantlay is a dude that people, for whatever reason, people just love that neck beard at DFS. And I'll never understand it for the life of me. I would play Xander Shoffley a hundred times in a row before I play neck beard Cantlay. But I know this community. I know they love Cantlay. I know they're going to see his ownership creeping in three to four points lower than those peers around him. And all of this is with him being a few hundred dollars cheaper. So people are going to say, I can save a few hundred bucks and I'm going to get lower ownership. I'm playing Cantlay. So I think Cantlay is a guy we see tomorrow morning when we log in and the main tournament he's going to be a little bit higher on than we think he's going to be steamed up another one that i'll just never get for the life of me people will die on the russell henley hill right i guess they don't like polos they're big henley people i don't know but russell henley is just a dude that's already sitting right there on that like oh, i'm watching you russell okay he's like right there that 14 15 ownership and he's in that 7k range which means that he can easily be the third fourth or fifth guy in your lineup depending how your roster is built and with that i just you think you're gonna see russell henley go Get steamed up tomorrow. Just a feeling, Bob. And then lastly, the Viking himself, Vince Norman. This is a dude that I thought I was like cool because I was on him, but come to find out, everybody loves Vince Norman. People are on him. Scandinavian players are unbelievable. I have Vince Norman about 8%. I think we log in tomorrow, and he is right there neck and neck with Luke List as the 6K donkey chalk. And because of that, it makes me sad, but I am a man of incredible scruples. So Vince Norman, that man's going to get... Gotta happen. It's gonna happen. All right. If people are moving up in ownership, I think you're gonna see people moving down. The last time we saw Victor Hovland, he sucked a real bad. What was it? I believe it was the Zozo, right? Something. Or is it Hero? It was Hero, right? And he sucked Donkey Dick. He wasn't really good. And I just think that he is going to get squeezed up there between Scheffler, up there between Cantley, up there between Xander. He's with those guys. And I'm not gonna be surprised if he comes in under 20%, which for Victor Hovland at that number. Uh, that's unbelievable. I just think that there's people out there that really think that Victor Hovland is not a birdie fest kind of guy. Victor Hovland's a whatever the F kind of guy he wants to be. So Victor Hovland, I think you're going to see his ownership. <laughs> Moonwalk. From there, Jordan Spieth is another guy that I, is coming in sneaky high on my projected ownership. I'm like, I don't believe this, Bob. I think I have him at around 13%, but I just know this about Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth, there's only two kinds of ownership Jordan Spieth ever gets. The whole community starts touting him up, or he comes in at 8%. That's like the only two things, and I just have not heard anybody touting up Jordan Spieth this week, so I do feel pretty good that he is going to come in surprisingly low tomorrow. I, I would guess probably in the 8 to 9% range, so my guess is Jordan Spieth is going to <laughs> moonwalk backwards. And then lastly, Sung JM. The reason Sung JM is normally a guy that would be on my Steam list. People love Sung Jay. They always want to play Sung Jay. But here's the thing about Sung Jay. He wasn't real good in 2023. He hasn't shown much recent form. And there's a lot of chalky guys down there around him and some pretty obvious pivots off of him. So even though I have him at pretty high ownership, I believe I have him around 17%. I think we're going to see him come in a little bit lower than that because he's going to get squeezed by some of those other guys. So Sung JM, you are going to moonwalk backwards those are my predictions hey guys did you know the big guy right here does projections i don't just do them for week long i do them for showdown which you know i factor in things like you know ball striking putting regression weather all these concepts that you think people would do projections do but they don't and i do them and i load them right here into this thing called the solver the best optimizer out there right and you're thinking man i like all i like your stuff but the them optimizers are just too expensive oh i've seen those price gouging assholes out there i've seen some of the prices so let me tell you imagine there was a place where you could get all of my projections loaded in there for you. you can see they're already in there and then you could get it for $24.99 a month $24.99 a month is all it costs to get all to not only get my projections but then it has an optimizer which will take your player pool and make the best versions of your player pool right and that is what it's about it's not going to magically give you the right answers to the test you're still going to need to do the work and make your own player pool but once you do it will make the best versions of your lineup I won 15 GPPs last year the most I've ever won in a year and it was the first time I'd ever used an optimizer full-time coincidence maybe but I don't think so by the way, make sure you use that little showdown hoedown symbol right there. That is what will get my uh, uh, projections loaded in for you to generate 75. I, I feel pretty safe saying this now that I'm in my third year. Definitely the most trusted brand in PGA DFS. I see 240 likes, 375 people. That means we have roughly 155 donkey dicks. Let's keep it flowing. Process tip. If I'm going to be the guy that doesn't give you picks and plays, I better give you a process tip every week. And here is your tip this week. Roster composition is a thing at PGA 
just like it is at NFL. If you watch me at NFL or college football or you play NFL DFS, you're more familiar with it. We'll spend so much time thinking of our roster composition, right? We need a quarterback. We need to stack him with a two pass catchers. We need a run back. We need a correlation from this other game. We spend so much time thinking about roster composition. Yet when people come over to PGA DFS, they're like, I just pick six golfers and go with it. Okay, well, that's maybe not the best strategy. There is, yes, there are no positions at golf, right? It's just, they're just golfers, okay? But that doesn't mean we shouldn't factor in roster composition. For instance, the most common builds are often a guy from the 10K range, a guy from the 9K range, a guy from the 8K range, and then two to three 7K guys, and then a 6K guy. So if you know that a good 25, 30, 40% of lineups are going to build using that formula, you can really start to get different simply just by the way you build your lineup. If you want to start a lineup this week and do something crazy and start out with like, uh, uh, Scheffler and Hovland, that is not going to be a particularly common build. Yes, both of those guys' ownerships relatively high, 22 and 27%, but the key is, is those two guys will not be used together very much. So you can give real thought to your, to your lineups and how you can build them different. You don't have to change who you play, you just simply change how you play them, right? So maybe you go grab Scheffler and Hovland, which is not going to be a very common start for lineups because there's so many delicious guys. If you start with those two, you're probably not getting Morikawa. You're probably not getting Iceberg in your lineups, right? So what you do is now you've gotten off those chocks, you still grab probably the two most likely guys to win this tournament, and now you can go build your roster and go grab a bunch of guys down in that $7,000 range to complete your lineup, and you've built a lineup that is very different than everybody else, while still having good win equity. So always be aware. Another thing to do is if you know everybody is going to start with you know, Max Homa up, that, that everybody's going to start with at least one of those guys from $9,700 up, you just say, I'm going to start all my lineups $9,600 down. I'm going to fade all those top guys, and then I'm going to grab three guys in the 9,000s. And if, especially if one of those three guys isn't Colin Morikawa, your lineup will be infinitely different than everybody else. If you start with Fitzpatrick, Hatton, and Harmon, right? Uh, team Middle Earth, then that would be that would be a very, very different build. Now, it's not like you're sacrificing players. You're just simply using them in a way that nobody else is. Or if you do insist on using Colin Morikawa, then use him in a way that not everybody else. Don't go put him with Scheffler. Don't go put him with Hovland or Cantlay or Xander. Maybe make him the most expensive guy in your lineup. Really, start with him and then just go grab a whole bunch of 8K guys. It is not about who you play at DFS, PGA DFS, near as much as about how you play them. That is my process tip of the week. I'm trying to help you form your own process. If that doesn't sound interesting, go watch the stupid shows with picks. Let's get over to the model. If you don't know, the model is life. Nothing else matters. We don't care about weather or ownership. It's just about what the model says. So with that, here's some things I looked at in my model this week. Okay. DraftKings points on easy scoring. I, they're going to roast this course. I think the winning score is going to be around minus 26. If they're going to roast this course, I need guys who put the ball in the cup in one shot fewer than par every time. We call those birdies, new guy. Par 5 scoring, you have got to eat these par 5s up. On uh, So I looked at par 5 on easy conditions. right? I don't care about par 5s from the U.S. Open. I also think this is going to be a true wedge fest. So many of these holes have, have the same um, uh, collection areas, and everybody's going to be hitting the same second shot, which is going to be somewhere between 75 to 120. 25 yards. So I looked at proximity in those conditions from 75 to 125, weighted both of those. But the other thing is, is I think this is going to be a putting contest with massive greens. So I looked at three putt avoidance. I looked at Bermuda putting and these greens are notoriously slow on the stint meter. And so I looked at Velcro slash average uh, green speeds. And then of course I looked at no cut events because for whatever reason, some guys just play better at no cut events. And so I put that on there. So let's get to the model and uh, just, just shocking. Absolutely shocking. Xander Shoffley, the guy who owns this tournament, is number one in the model. I don't know how I do it. Guy in the back, how do we do, How do we always make a model with the best players being good in it? Just truly shocking. I, I, I don't know how else to say it. I'm a goat. All right. Long story short, Rory's out. Don't play Rory this week. Okay, first of all, just never play Rory. Your life will be happier. That's number one. Number two, uh, Rory has withdrawn, so particularly don't play him this week, Okay. Scotty Scheffler is the best golfer in the world. I will die on this hill. I know that's not a very brave take, but I cannot believe you might be able to get him at modest ownership. I have actually projected him higher than almost everybody else in the industry because I just know that people are going to wake up and be like, wait, I'm fading Scotty Scheffler? What the fuck am I doing? Right? That, that's a valid question, dude. Victor Hovland, as I've already told you, I think is going to get squeezed because when you look at him, if I think Scheffler is going to be popular and Xander and Cantlay are going to be popular and Home is getting ownership, someone's got to get squeezed. You run into this little thing called math. You can't just have everybody in your lineups. And so I think Victor Hovland is the most likely guy to get squeezed, and that's why I put him on my moonwalk list. From there, you get to the great pivot range of 2024. Wyndham Clark, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Brian Harmon, the Hobbit himself, 
aerating. The, these these four are just the ultimate, ultimate pivots right here. No one is playing these guys. I think all of them are going to be 12% or lower owned. And the main reason is, is they're all just slightly overpriced. Everybody perceives Colin Morikawa as better than these four golfers. And I probably agree with that on like two of them. He ain't better than Avery Hitton. I don't think he's better than Matthew Fitzpatrick. I said it. I said it. If you don't like it, well, you're not going to like this joke because I shit on Morikawa a lot. Colin Morikawa is going to be the donkey chalk of the tournament. He's underpriced. He's in great form. He has immaculate course history here. He's going to be popular. And I think that that is going to keep guys like Tommy Fleetwood and Terrell Hatton down simply because Morikawa's right there and he's going to suck up all that ownership. Tom Kim will be relatively popular. Uh, uh, Iceberg will be popular. But because Iceberg is popular, that's why I think guys like Jordan Spieth, Fowler, Day are all going to get squeezed. People are going to play Tony Fee now. They're going to be like, isn't he Hawaiian? I should probably play him if he's Hawaiian, right? Okay, whatever. Racist. Uh, yeah. So Tony's going to catch some steam. Cam Young, Sam Burns, these guys are, are getting overlooked, right? This is, this is a pretty good area because outside of Sungjae and Henley, not a lot of people are garnering ownership. Once you get through this range, there's only a couple guys. Then, of course, you get down to Eric Cole. And so, like, you're going to have everybody playing Cole and Henley, and you could go play Tigala, Rose, Connors, Glover, Kitayama, McCarthy. All of these guys are going to be noticeably lower owned than those two guys. The question is, you don't need to make six pivots in your lineup, but where do you pivot? Do you pivot up top? Do you pivot in the middle? Do you pivot down low? Uh, if you want somebody that not a soul is going to play, Emiliano Grillo will legit be 2% owned. Siwoo Kim will legit be 2% owned. People are going to play post, and we've already talked about Cam Davis. Uh, 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 Nick Taylor, not a soul is going to play. No one's going to play Adam Shank. Brennan Todd doesn't have any small bridges to sleep under while in Hawaii, so I don't know where the troll's going to hang out, so he might be tired. Uh, let's see. No one's playing uh, Chris Kirk. No one's playing Taylor Moore, Edmond, Oklahoma. Let's go. Uh, Cheesesteak Hoagie, you can see I have a star by him. You want a sleeper? I told you on the, on the tweet I'd give you a sleeper. I think Cheesesteak Hoagie is a sleeper. If I think of a dude who is an absolute assassin with a wedge, look at this. Who's the, if, I, if you told me off the top of my head, who is the number one player at PGA from 75 to 100 yards, I would have said Tom Hoagie. Look who's ranked number one. Cheesesteak Hoagie, right? Who's number one from 100 to 125? I'd probably still say Cheesesteak Hoagie, and he's number six, okay? The guy is an absolute assassin. So if this turns into a wedge fest with soft conditions, give me all the cheesesteak with extra provolone. Uh, from there, as I've told you, I think Vince Norman, I think Akshay Batia, and I think, uh, uh, of course, Luteman Listeman are going to get the ownership down there. So really, there's tremendous options down here in the 6Ks to pivot. You just got to find guys you like, okay? That's what I would tell you. Which brings me to the biggest question of the night. Who is the one guy I'm not playing? Maybe that's not the biggest question. The one guy I'm not playing, well, I got to tell you. I, I, I'm going to go bold, all right? You guys got to remember, I play PGA DFS in the long term. On a week-to-week -week basis, everybody loses at PGA DFS. You lose, you lose, you lose, you lose. You just keep them to flesh wounds, and then eventually you spike a monster, and that is how you can find consistency. If you're a GPP bro, if you play cash, God bless you. God bless you. I don't know how you do it, but God bless you, son. So here's what I can tell you. I am going to go big on my fades this year. I, this guy, it scares the shit out of me, okay? I'll probably just go put a, 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 a bet on him to win. But I got to play the game, okay? I know a little secret called this guy's a little, a little flower biatch, and I think that he will melt, okay? He's actually playing good. He'll probably do well. But you got to remember, I play for first or I play for last. You're just trying to min cash all the time. I am trying to play to win or lose. There's not a chance in hell. I will ever play a 30% owned Colin Morikawa in this lifetime. Colin Morikawa, don't get chalk and we're not playing him. Not playing. Polly, what do you think? Get the fuck get out the of fuck here. Get the fuck out of here. I think, I, I think I've been cheating on the F counter tonight. But the more, the more important question is, who is the one guy I'm going to play this week? I gave a lot of thought to this one. I, gotta really, I only picked like three winners last year, so I really got to focus it in. The one guy I'm playing this week is a dude that kind of sucked in 2023, if I'm putting it mildly. But the last time we saw him, he finally had a pulse, right? He finally was like, oh, shit, is he back? Furthermore, I think he's a dude that actually is motivated to do well this year. I think he's a dude that's going to maybe be out there in Hawaii on vacation, but is going to take this tournament serious. He is a dude that is pretty good at those wedge ranges I like. He is a dude that can absolutely annihilate the par fives. This is a guy that checks a lot of boxes for me. And more than anything, I just think he's going to bounce back in 2024, and I want to be early to the party. Not to mention, the most important thing I could tell you is the guy that I want to play this week, he has to have a killer instinct. He has to be willing to be all these guys' daddies, right? He has to have that killer instinct and remind them who their daddy is. So I think, I think we need to just go to a video. The one guy I'm playing this week, well, I was watching Maury Povich, and I realized that the one guy I'm playing this week, it came to me. Let's see. Who is the father? In the case of four-year-old Bentley, uh -oh. Tony, 
You are the Oh! The missing man is Haddon's father. Oh, shit. He's, he's to the arrow Haddon's In father. In the case of the little one, eight-month-old Carson. I'm the fat chick, by the way. You are oh, the father. He's Matthew Fitzpatrick's father. He's Matthew Fitzpatrick's father. This guy, this guy's everybody's dad. I'm the fat. I'm still the fat chick. Girls the little girl. It's more cow. Seven years. One year old Kylie. Tony. You are the father. You are the father. He's more cow's father. We gotta play now. In the case of one year old Christian Allen. Tony. You are the father. Who the hell is this guy? Who is this? He literally has magic sperm. Magic sperm. He has a lot of kids. You are the Who is it? It's Tony Finau. Oh my God, Tony Finau's all these people's daddy. Yeah, Tony, let's go. We're playing Tony Finau. Yeah. Tony, Tony loves having them kids. The one guy we're playing is Tony Finau. Let's go. Let's get to that drawing. But before we do, come check out DGen75.com, guys. Please hear me on this. I want you to scroll to my site. I want you to go right here, and then I have a golf VIP package for $34.99. All right? My site is not like other sites where we're like, hey, here's some projections. Fuck off, loser, okay? I actually make behind the paywall content. I make a thing called the Rosetta Stone, which, by the way, that's the real one for tomorrow. We revamped it. looks sleek as shit. I do all of these things. I do it for showdown. I do it for week long. And, oh, yeah, we value every single one of our people and do it without price gouging people. What a fucking concept to give people that you actually spend your money on your DraftKings lineups instead of paying for some stupid tout site between somebody who's going to give you their picks and doesn't even play DFS or people who just give you someone else's projections and charge you out the ass. Fuck those people. Don't listen to those ass clowns. Take your money and put it in your DraftKings lineups. Learn a process and quit relying on dipshits picks. I encourage you to check it out. Look at me. That price, you're going to want to lock it in. Trust me. Big, big things happening. All right. Big shout out to all my winners. You see all those motherfathers flying the flag. Love all those guys hitting big. Let's get to it. This is for the one and done. Here we go. This is for everybody that liked and retweeted. Editor, I need 259 likes. Let's draw three winners in the chat, editor. Three names in the chat. This is for the one and done. Pat Mayo, $200 one and done. Oh, my God. Nick won. Nick won. That's insane that Nick won. The man, hey, it was fair. You saw me just spin it right there. Uh, I will be doing another one next week that we will split together, so make sure you're liking and retweeting next week. Hell, I might do two of them because just like Pat, I'm not a poor, and I want to support his contest because Pat runs the best one and done out there. The editor is drawing. Once again, to ever get in my drawings, just simply be in the chat. No more than two questions. Ask a question with the uh, question mark, and that will get you in there. Our first, Richard, our first winner is Richard. Our second winner is Ben Mayhook. Some people shoot jumpers. He may hook. You never know with Ben. And lastly, JRK. I don't know what that stands for, but I like, I like those initials, JRK. Very similar to mine, but not quite, Bob. Not quite. There we go. That is it. I am going to get to questions now. And once I get done with the questions, I've got quite the new outro that I can't wait for you guys to hear. I cannot believe 400 of you are still in here. You are some crazy, crazy people. Appreciate you guys coming by. I hope you can plan on doing this every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Remind those tout sites to not even bother going up against me. I can't help but notice that uh, nobody's running shows against me anymore at night. I dare you to bring it. Anyways, let's get to it. I don't, get, I don't like tout sites, new guy. You should know that about me. One, one man show bringing down all them big old touts. They don't want to run no show against me. All right, here we go. Uh, by the way, the, I, I don't get why people don't like me. It's not like I'm talking shit. All right, moving on. Uh, let's see, going to answer some questions. I, God, that's a lot of questions. This is a chat right here. Would you have a group of sleepers uh, with all the sleepers and have one in each lineup? Yeah, I like to. I, I, this is why I like to play multiple lineups at PGA, J Steel. It makes it easier to get exposure to multiple players. I'll probably have six or seven sleepers in my player pool, and then I'm going to get exposure, probably at least 10%, 15% exposure to all of them. But that's a lot easier to do when you play more lineups, right? So that's, that's why I like to play a lot of lineups, bro. Billy says, what's the most money you're willing to leave on the table? A great question. Billy, if you don't know, is an A-plus student. Billy, this is a week where I think you do want to leave money on the table. Matter of fact, when I did my ownership projections, I projected that people are going to be leaving about $300 on the table per lineup, and it wouldn't surprise me if that number is even higher. I actually think it's a pretty good rule this week. Just go set your lineups to 49.5. 49.5. If you're using an optimizer, don't go above 49.5. Probably don't need to go below like 48.5, and just make all your lineups in that little window. And if you do manage to ship a GPP, I think that you are probably very unlikely to be duped in that case. Now, if you're just playing one single entry and you build a lineup that's 49.9, use it. I'm talking about if you're building a whole bunch of lineups, I think it is smart to probably leave a, a, a decent, you know, three, four, five hundred dollars on the table just to reduce the chances that you are going to be duped. That's what I would say. Great question, Billy. 
Nick, thank God the banjos are back. Nick, that's why you win. You call for the banjos, you get magic. People are going to think this is rigged, Nick. Uh, why do people love kicking the nuts so much? Because it's fun, Ashley. It's fun to talk about. It's fun to think about it. And here's what's going to happen, Ashley. Everybody is going to be running into Sunday being like, oh, I got six of sixes. I'm live. I'm sitting third in the GPP. And your ass is going to moonwalk because literally this you you won't be live until the leaders are on 17 on Sunday. That's when you're live, okay? Because at a no-cut event, your lineups don't mean shit until late Sunday afternoon. Is kicking the nuts uh, better or worse during no-cut events? I oh, kick you... Probably better because you're guaranteed four days of entertainment. Even if you get off to a terrible start, you can still rally on a Sunday if you just get five or six guys to go nuke, right? Uh, thank you, guys. Smash the like. Let's see. How was the big guy's new year? Pretty good. Didn't do a whole lot. Barely made it to midnight, but I got there. Uh, how can we turn this new guy into a not-so-new guy? Pretty simple. Just keep coming every Wednesday. Uh, also, Friday and Saturday for Showdown Hoedown. I'll teach you. I'm all about teaching people and trying to grow the... I'm not even about growing my brand. I'm about growing PGA DFS. I want to be what, what Jeff and Pat were for me nine years ago, and I want to take some guy that doesn't know anything about PGA DFS and get him into it because it went from not even being something that I knew about to literally being the most important thing in my life. Can I build my lineups in the morning? You can, Nick, so long as it's after the stream. With a no-cut event, is it more of a Stars and Scrubs week? I think that that is a very vi uh, uh, a viable strategy this week, Luke. And here's what I'll tell you. There's a lot of really good uh, scrub options that are going to be low-owned, right? There's basically only three guys in the 6Ks I see getting much ownership. $3 F counter. You must have had a real, real good football season. BMAC, you watch them. You watch them retrospectives I did. The big guy did well during football. And I also did this thing uh, uh, at golf last year called uh, Not Losing. I, I thought I'd try it out. It worked out well for me. Uh, it's what it's amazing when you play the game. What happens? I didn't. I didn't have to rely on anybody's picks. Who is a sneaky sleeper this week? Uh, I already got cheesesteak hoagie. Spieth will apply. Uh, probably. I just don't know these guaranteed low owned. I'm talking like when Spieth. When I say nobody's playing Spieth, that's usually under five percent. Is Echeverria a complete punt? I would say he's the most punty guy on the slate. Cordell says, "Does no cut events make guys uh, make you like EVR more?" I'll tell you this. I'll be playing the shit out of EVR at showdown i don't know that i just i just have some guys i never play at week long and it's like him and gary kego and callum Terran. they're just my showdown guys hey big guy any resolutions quit saying f so much quit being a fat ass those are the two big ones we're working i was actually going to stand up and do the stream tonight but my stand-up desk was way harder to build than i thought so we're going to move that to friday do you consider more of your nuclear hot guys for no cut events no that, that's still just a showdown thing right that, i i use that for showdown Winning score this week, minus 26. Is golf really back? You best believe it is, Kyle Reed. Uh, Neptune, with a no-cut event, do you like to? Yeah, already answered it. Uh, can I be... Uh, can I be the one and done ticket winner? I'll tell you what, uh, cruise to victory. I will give away two of them next week. Be here, like and retweet. I'll do one for my like and retweet Twitter people, and I'll do one from the chat next week where we will split it 50-50. I'll pay for the whole thing, and if we win, I'll split 50% of the profits with you, just like I do my tickets, but we will do it for the full season. So you're going to have to be friends with me for the next eight months, you mother father. All right, moving on. Uh, do you stick the same amount of lineups in each week, or do you change it up? Yeah, I let the contest dictate it, Snoopaloop, right? I really do. Or how, how big my player pool is. Sometimes I like 30 guys. Sometimes I like 16 guys so depending on how many guys i like sometimes i'll also let that direct it why isn't rory playing uh he sucks at golf uh are you with uh are, are you with tambo for golf yeah we're doing that preview show every monday we'll be doing that just like we did for nfl are we leaning more course history since the field hasn't played i will tell you this i don't care about course history so long as they have played there this is kind of a unique course adam in that there's a bunch of uneven lies so i want to see guys who are used to kind of playing in those weird conditions but i, I it, just because you haven't played well there before doesn't mean that you can't so it's more that i just want to see they've played there than they've had success there if they've had success there that's great too is this tournament always played on the same course? Yeah, it's always played at uh, the plantation course at Kapalua. Yep, and the next week will be Wailai, which is like the two courses I know. I'm not, I'm not like some of these people who can rip off all the courses and the order of the, the PGA schedule. Savants. All right, what's the best strategy for a no-cut event? I think you should go bold. I think you should go bold. Don't worry, big guy. I haven't built my lineups yet. And it feels like this a no-cut event. Uh, how, I, I think two pivots per lineup's good. I think people get carried away with pivots, right? And I think you can uh, overdo it. Controls play well in Hawaii if he can find a bridge. If you know of any bridges around there, I think you got to be warm to him. What is? Why is it called the emer emergency stream? Very simple. I first did it uh, a year and a half ago at the PGA Championship. I went to the course on a Wednesday when it was here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I had a whole bunch of takeaways from the course, so I said, guys, I'm doing an emergency stream tonight. That was back when not a soul watched me, and then the name kind of stuck. I, I, I used to just be the showdown guy. I did that emergency stream, realized that's what 
what people wanted, and now it's the most popular show in PGA DFS. Suck it, losers. All right. Uh, watch your primer for PGA DFS and learned a lot. Wanted to ask uh, how the process varies between cut and no-cut events. Uh, so the, the biggest difference to me is um, I'm, I'm just willing to build nastier lineups, right? Grosser lineups that nobody's thinking of because I'm guaranteed four rounds. I don't mind being a little, ugh. That's what you're doing with your $200 single entry? Yeah, it is. All right. Well, will Clark be a will Will Wyndham Clark be chalky on Fanduel? Yeah, his price over there on Fanduel is crazy. But I will tell you this, Harry, is that a lot of people build their DraftKings lineups and then go build their Fanduel, and I do think that will keep his ownership reasonable, right? I I do think he'll be double digits over there, but no, I don't think he's going to be runaway because people are already going to mark him out in their heads because of his DraftKings price. What's the over on on the uh, What's the over under on level of uses aired on TV during the tournament? Nine thousand in PGA DFS, the toughest sport to play. I don't know that it's the toughest, but it's the most game theory sport that I've ever played. I haven't played all the sports, so I can't speak for that, but I know that playing the game at PGA DFS will pay you dividends way more than it will at NBA or NFL or college football. Because there's just usage in those sports, right? It's so much more predictable and projectable than PGA is. Should we play Scheffler every week until he proves otherwise? I don't hate it, Ben. I don't hate it. I mean, like, he's so good. He's so good at golf. God, he's so good. And if he starts figuring out his putter, like, he'll legit win, like, nine times this year. Uh, does the no-cut change your approach? Yes, it makes me be a little bit more aggressive. Does 12% count as being low-owned? I think I think 9% would be my cutoff, Ricardo. Uh, do you consider the Chicago kid, a.k.a. Wyndham Clark, overpriced? He's definitely overpriced. He's way overpriced. He should... He he should be about 80, I'd say 87, 8,800 in this field, right? Uh, isn't it smart to make a dummy lineup for all your reserves? Yeah, I like that in case you fall asleep or life happens, some emergency happens and you forget about your lineup. That's a really good idea. That's a, that's a pretty, pretty good idea, dude. I always just have mine reserved because like, even if I were like dying of a heart attack, I'd be like, hold on, I got to get my exposure for my lineups. Um, all right. How many players in your player pool for a 20 max? I would be between 13 and 15, uh, 14 and 16, probably because it's a no cut event. Looks like the website got updated. Hey, big deal. I'm kind of a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Big guy. You know, what I'm all right. Uh, can afford, I can afford a website guy now and a weather guy. And I let the editor, I now feed him five times a week. Guy in the back, up to two meals a week. Life's good over here at DGen. Uh, will you outdrink Tambo at Waste Management? Well, he told me he doesn't drink a lot, so I think so. I'm literally not drinking, Rob, until the Waste Management. Which, by the way, I need to remind you guys, the Waste Management, we are having a big meetup. I should be pushing that tonight, but I'm being a donkey dick. So I'm pretty confident I'll outdrink him. Other than the listener leagues, what contest do you like? I like that $10.18 max. How much salary should you leave on the table? Already answered it. Let's have a great 2024. I'm in, Eric. David Woods, don't recognize the name. Welcome, brother. Uh, keep the keep chalk out of the solver completely. Set up rules or have one or two. Yeah, so what I like to do is I kind of eliminate chalk simply by my player pool that I select by not selecting too many chalk players. And then also you can go set a rule that says no more, and then you can put like the five chalky guys in your player pool, say no more than two or no more than three of these guys in a lineup together. And that's also a way to get off of them. Uh, William says, if a tree falls in the woods and there's no one to hear it, does Roy still suck? Correct. Quinn Ewers and Cash, Ian's trying to trigger me. Don't be that guy. Uh, in a no-cut event, does it take playing the showdown guys only more viable? Yeah, I think so, but I'm still just going to play them at showdown because there's apparently going to be good showdown contests. My man, Benet, in the house. Hey, James, let's get in 2024. Can't wait to hook up. That's going to be fun, Benet. Me, you, Waste Management, I'll tell you what, we're going to turn around and see each other again at the live final for golf, just like we did a couple years ago. What's the most money you'd leave on the table? I, I never like to leave more than like 1000 a, a maybe 1500 this week. Hit the like button, donkeys. That man gets it. Uh, let's see. What's the over/under on how many times the coverage lingers on the same ocean shot? Oh my God! It, 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 it'll be it'll be fifty times per broadcast. But they are, they are beautiful, and I will tell you the one nice thing about that is at least I feel like I'm in Hawaii for a minute, as it's like forty-two degrees and the wind's blowing out here in shit-ass Oklahoma. Something positive about FanDuel PGA? Did they actually happen? I dude, I've, I've heard I've heard some rumblings that something big could be coming to FanDuel, so that would be exciting because I would love to see someone uh, out there challenge Dra uh, DraftKings in the PGA DFS space. It would only be good for us. What's what stats, if any, do you time off? Are we going to focus on this week? I went over the whole model, Eric. Are we really back? That's right, Carl. Glad to see you, brother. Andrew, how different do you need to be if you're only playing lineups and high-dollar single entry? One or two pivots, right? Especially if you already like those pivots and you're just playing them because you like them and you're not pivoting for the sake of pivoting, you're good. I think you can play three or four chalky-ass mofos that you like as long as you have one to two pivots in a $200 single entry. Uh, with win equity total recommended, I, I always try to go for about 13 or so, 13 or more. And this one is probably going to be closer to 15 or 16 simply just because there's fewer people. What's up, Ronnie? What's up, Shaloop? Are you maxing the World Championship Contest? Honestly, Michael, I haven't even reserved them. So if they're still there, which now you've went and made me nervous, are they still there? Let's see. Satellites. Let's see. Are they still there? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be getting in there. I'll be getting in there. I'll be getting in the 120 for sure. I'll be getting in the... 
Ooh, King of the, I don't want to play King of the Desert. I might play in that 492. Big guy's a bit of a degenerate. Got to chase him, Mike. Got to chase him. I don't think they're going to do any for Showdown, right? Because you know me. I'd rather do Showdown, right? Uh, getting back over here to the model. Uh, Chef and Vic in the same lineup or split them up? Uh, yeah, I think I think either one's viable. I think putting them together is going to be very unique. Watch you on Pat with the show. Really great job. I mean, it's pretty easy to be great on Pat's show. That guy is uh, that guy is a machine. How weird is it? Uh, weird and no. How uh, you know? I don't think you want to leave two or three thousand dollars on the table. I don't think you want the first guy in your lineup to be Ricky Fowler. That's just too weird. Can we fit Scheffler and Vic in a in a lineup? Absolutely, you can. Uh, oh, Ian says 300 in here. Hit the like. We do have a chance to rally for 300, although I did already give three away. Uh, let's see. How many golfers do you lock in a three max contest? I, I would be at about nine or ten. I would probably either do one of two things. I would have like five guys that I play in at least two of those three lineups, or I would just take three guys and lock them in all three. That's how I do it, Jay. Steven, is there a new way, new guy this season? The old one was uh, getting a bit musty. Nope, not happening. Uh, Sia's in the house. I got famous people watching me now. I was in the back. I was actually celebrating. Uh, me and Sia still, still like throwing blows at each other over the Scandinavian argument yesterday. Got pretty contentious. Got pretty contentious. Uh, of the three price guys you think will be lower owned than projected. I already went over. I did my steam and moonwalks, you mother father. Uh, oh, Galen's in the house. Is this a meteorology stream? Galen, you know, hey. You got to look for every edge you can. If you guys don't know, Glenn's the guy that basically runs the solver. For the reason the solver runs so awesome is because of that guy. So, uh, and he's really good at college football DFS. Can confirm. Can confirm. Uh, but yes, I am working on my meteorology degree. Uh, balance to get difference or giving up too much win equity. Uh, no, I think that's fine, especially if you like him. Who gives a shit about that win equity? Uh, let's see, man. That was. I'm just now to the weather part. Uh, love listening to Mayo. Thanks, Renzo. Appreciate that, bruh. All right, KBB, do your approach building lineups differ in small field versus normal size? Uh, just that I'm more aggressive. That's it. Just a little more aggressive. I'll probably play some more punts at some higher percentages. Is, uh, early in the season, do you go by player course fit? I mean, yeah, I think so because stats are so wonky right now, right, Pep? Fleetwood finally going to get his W this year? I guarantee you Fleetwood will get a win this year. There it is, Bill. We're going big. 16 guys in my player pool. Is that too aggressive or have several of them at 30 to 50%? I would say if you're playing at least 25 lineups, that's probably acceptable, right? What's the lowest price pump play at a no-cut event? I think the lowest price guy I'm giving real consideration to is probably the loser himself, Patrick Rogers. If no one wants to play Patrick Rogers, I'll play that loser piece of shit. I can't play Rory. I got to play one loser piece of shit. I already, and you know I'm not playing Morikawa. How much weight do you put on last year's stats? None. So many of these guys haven't even played for four or five months. I don't put anything on them. That's why when I made my model, you look, almost all of these were long-term stats. 50 rounds, 75 rounds to get bigger uh, samples of what I was looking for, right? Welcome back, big guy. If you're not allowed the phone on the internet to work, what's the best way to keep track of your guys? Goodness gracious, I have no idea. I couldn't imagine having where I can't check my phone for shot tracker. That's like my favorite thing to do on Thursday and Friday. Just be tilting balls. Why the hell is shot three from other? What are we doing? I love doing that. It's like my favorite. It's my favorite. And then you see your guy, oh, yes. Uh, 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 Matt Wallace just stuck at three feet, four inches for birdie. And you look back, it says par. And you go click. You're like, no, that can't be right. That, that can't be right. And then you see he putted five feet, six inches, and he putted right past the hole, dickhead. I love that. I love it. I live for it. I'm a shot tracker whore. All right, one of my goals this year is to go after more satellite tickets. Any advice on attacking those? I, first of all, the best thing you can do is try to find overlays. Don't just say, I'm going to play them, because a lot of times those satellites get forgotten about, especially at Showdown, Chris, and you can find them a really nice overlays. So I would say, don't say, I got to play a satellite day. There's going to be so many rounds of golf to play this year that really try to focus on trying to find ones with overlays, because that's just naturally going to increase your chances of winning. That would be the best advice I could give you, bro. Little, little pro trick. Uh, let's see. Easiest way to get different, simply fading more cow. That will help him and Oberg. If you can fade one or both of them, that will probably get you pretty far. But I will tell you, you're going to need a big old hairy nut sack to fade both of them, guys. Or for you ladies, whatever the equivalent of that is. Trying to play smaller contests this year. Any tips on variance setting in the solver? I Look, I like to leave my variance low when I'm building three or four lineups. I basically just want to see the best version of those lineups. When I start building 50, 100, 150 lineups, I bump the variance up to about 20 on the solver. A high salary with some low salary on the group of mid-salaries. I have no idea what the fuck that was. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. Uh, in a no-cut event, do you think it makes more sense to go balanced? Uh, I think that will be an uncommon build. X-Turk is in the house. Uh, PJ is back. New guy listening to the, uh, the big guy play some PGA. There are legit players in the 6K. I know. I, I'm very happy with the 6K range, X-Turk. I can already tell you I, I'm going to be playing a lot of these 6K guys, and it's not going to be the donkey dick chalk that everybody else is. I couldn't believe it. For a 59-person field, the average ownership should be about 10% per player, and a lot of these guys down here, I'm telling you, 3%, 4 5% guys. 
Big leverage plays down there. And, I, like, literally everybody in this field is a good golfer. Okay, maybe I, – I, hell, I even like Echeverria. Nicola Echeverria. All right, uh, who do you think going to win? Oh, Michigan's definitely going to win. Stop, stop. Any thoughts on Matt Wallace? I, I kind of like him, Brett, but he's kind of he's got, he's got a little more ownership than I want, right? I want my Matt Wallace at, like, 2.1. All right, uh, uh, this news of firing uh, – Hovland firing a swing coach for the sixth year in a row, auto lock. Oh, absolutely. Anything like that, I'm in. How many pivots should we have in single entry? Uh, two is the most I think you need. Two is the most I think you need. Does Wyndham get steamed up tonight? Not a chance. Not at that price tag. Not, there's just no way. There's no, people don't like to play Wyndham. He's overpriced, and he's not coming in a good form, nor does he have course history. There's just no way he gets steamed up tonight. I mean, maybe he gets up to like 7%. Uh, can EDR win uh, a field like this? Uh, yeah, I mean, when he's on, that guy's like, he's, he's crazy. And he's one of the few nuclear hot guys that sometimes I'll consider playing at week long. Usually him and Garrett Kigo. Can Cole hold up to this field? I mean, I don't. I mean, he can, but I don't think I want to find out at 20%. Can we trust Sam Burns' iron play? You can never trust Sam Burns. You play Sam Burns because you're a, a slimy SOB who likes to play the game. Is there enough players in the field not to leave money on the table and still be different? Yes, uh, there is. I, I was building around. I, I was able to do that myself. What's a good uh, player pool size for 20? I like 14 to 16. Do you take more chances on 6K guys in a no-cut event? I definitely do. De Palma, don't recognize your name. Welcome. Uh, Orville, Orville, uh, do you think that there is more or less of an edge week one early in the season? Uh, I, I, well, at a no-cut event, I think the edge is pretty marginal, right? You're about to see these next three or four weeks, we're going to have a lot of split courses. And in my opinion, when you have split courses and you can factor in weather and afternoon and morning, guys, to me, that's where the edge can be. So I would say there's going to be more edges coming up. This is just a fun week to get back in it. This isn't a huge edge week, in my opinion. I think there is some at Showdown, but you got to watch that over on the paywall. Uh, let's see, Nymphofo, first time for DFS. What's the best advice to give a new guy to start off? Go watch that video I made, Nymphofo. The editor put it up in the chat, way up there. Go up there and click on it. I literally made a video if you don't know shit about DFS, Walked you, walked you through everything. Um, I, I just want people to play. Just try it out. I'm telling you, it is a great sweat. Isn't course history not such a big deal for guys like Iceberg and Cole since every course was basically a new course for them last year? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Sometimes I don't worry about course history if you're a big talent. Iceberg's going to wreck your soul no matter what, right? Is Morikawa good chalk here? Uh, I, I came up with a rule. I wrote this down a long time ago. Morikawa is never good chalk ever, nor is he ever good. That's a little note I wrote down back in 2021. Um, I'm kidding. I just don't like him. You play him. If you like him, play him. Don't do what I do. I, I lose all the time. Right? I just I just have my rules that I stick to, and one of them is never play Chalky Morikawa. That's just my rule. Okay? He's going to win this week, and I'll look like a dumbass. Like, oh, I thought he was going to do bad. I never said he's going to do bad. I just said I'm not playing him. Dipshit. Um, let's see. I'm moving on in the chat. Um, is Seamus Power coming off injury? Any love? Yeah, I don't mind him. I, he's at no ownership. He actually, you can see, the model loves him, and you know the model is life, so you got to be up with that, right? Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, Morikawa. Yeah, so as I told you earlier, Harry, if they're popular on DK and their price isn't crazy different over on FanDuel, they'll almost always be popular over there because so many people make their lineups on DraftKings, then go make their lineups on FanDuel. Brett. Uh, says, uh, fourth uh, Cole tournament, I'm betting the outright. Am I a donkey? Man, I do not like – he's good, but I, I would I would definitely each way that if I were you. I just – this is a tough field to beat all these monsters because no matter what, if he is there on Sunday, he's going to be playing at least against two superstars, at least two superstars. Smith, Rom are great around the green, and Morikawa fell apart last year around the green. Should we be looking at what's – I don't think – I literally am not factoring in at all, Fat Sandwich. I do not give a shit about uh, around the green. Casinos in Hawaii asking for Hoagie. Ooh, I would imagine there is, but I actually don't know. I actually don't know. Did anybody guess Tony? Rick did. There you go. He is the father. Glad you guys like that. We put a lot of time into that. And by we, I mean uh, Bill and the editor did. I just, I just get on here and act stupid. Hideki would draw him before or after lock? Oh, definitely after. It's not, it's not a new year unless somebody's just kicking you straight in the dick named Hideki. Am I right? Uh, getting back to the chat, it just jumped on me. Let me go find my place again. Can't believe Nick won. That seems so rigged, but that, he won. He's all the fucking spin. What are you liking in the 6K? Cheesesteak hoagie. I did some other ones, Benet. Uh, I'm pretty sure I hooked you up on my site because you're my brother. Uh, just go watch the Sleepers While I'm Sleepy video I put out this morning. I did six sleepers this morning. Guys to consider. How excited are you for the PGA is back? Uh, I mean, I, I love it. I just, I love it. I love, uh, in Hawaii golf, I really love. Like, it's going to be really nice Sunday at 6 o'clock. I'm still watching golf. Hopefully, I have a sweat. And I'm like, what a freaking life I live. How many golfers in your pool for a 20 max? Man, a lot of you, you guys really asked that same question. I'm Ron Burgundy. You are? 
Uh, why not have 100 people that haven't liked the stream not like, yeah, I know, 291 people. At least now the likes and the concurrent viewers are getting to be about the same. Any props you like this week? I haven't even looked at them, Cody. It's been such chaos trying to get this stream ready. We were not ready to come back. We didn't even have the sound set up. As you could see, I literally played the seminal music, so you know that I wasn't exactly locked in. Who is the lowest guy with, uh, with actual win equity? A guy, Batia. Batia has the highest win equity of anybody down there. Yep. Any underdog content this year? I'm thinking about it. I got, I'm telling you, I got some big things going on right now, and I kind of got to see. We're going to try to get everything ironed out by the waste management and try to determine what I want to do with prop bets and stuff like that, right? Uh, will you have a round four listener league contest this week? God, Charlie, great question. No, I won't. I think we aim for that next week for Sony. Great point. Great point, bro. Char that's why I keep Charlie around. Always asking good questions. I, I remember Charlie. I wrote a note. Charlie asked good questions. All right. Do you fade uh, Scotty? And if you're not, do you leverage him? Yeah, I think Scotty's a guy that I'm probably going to bitch and just be uh, overweight on or just completely fade. Shit or get off the pot. Although, I, I guess it does make sense to probably just play him right at field average. I don't. Sometimes, once you get to be a more advanced player and you're doing enough lineups, sometimes it's okay to simply just be at what the field is, right? Uh, is your prop thing launching? We're going to wait just a little bit on that, Jay Steele. Everybody, I think I've gotten through your questions. I cannot believe how many of you came by tonight. Oh, yeah, there we go. Jeff, uh, that's right. We need a fuck counter. Uh, draw, editor, real quick, draw a name for the F counter. I forgot to do that to see who was going to play me for 21 fucking dollars. I forgot to do that, all right? Uh, let's see. I have a new outro that I'm very excited to share with all you guys. The winner is BMAC. BMAC, send me an invitation. Me and you will play a heads up. Guys, I cannot believe this is already my third year of doing this stream. I thank you so much for making this the most watched and most popular stream in all of PGA DFS. I could not do it without you guys being here, giving up your time, hitting the like, telling friends, subscribing. I appreciate every single one of you. And guys, please remember rule 3080. Expensive tout sites are shady. Fucking run from them. I want to tell you this is where I normally sign it off with my victory lap because we're still number one, but this week is a little bit different. I lost my cat of 16 years yesterday, Isaac, and so this one goes out to him. I miss you. Rest in peace, my brother. This victory lap is for you. Uh -huh.